hello and welcome to an engineer and a rabbi. <clears throat> Sorry, an engineer and a rabbi welcome to a podcast. I'm Nat Lockshin, the engineer, and this is. This is Rabbi Daniel Raven, and uh, welcome to everyone. It's great to be back with you. I know we've had a bit of a uh, a little bit of a break. It was school holidays for us here in Melbourne, so both myself and Nat we're busy with our kids and taking care of family life. And as you probably noticed, hopefully you have noticed. The name of our podcast changed, as Nat had uh, alluded to in our last podcast, uh, based on some suggestions and feedback. And it's an engineer and a rabbi walk into a podcast. So I hope you like the name. Um, of course, we're always looking forward to feedback. So if you have any feedback, um, please share it with us. We love hearing from you. Absolutely. Yeah. And I even got some feedback saying, hey, it's been three weeks. Where's the podcast? So there are That's some right. avid listeners out there. Exactly. And, my, and also my apologies. I've also been a bit slack on our podcast channel to upload my weekly um, uh, thought on the Torah week, uh, the Torah portion of the week and um, other things that I might be doing. So coming soon, coming soon, uh, and we'll get back into the swing of things. But, you know, Nat, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm quite a big sports fan. I love sports. I played sports a lot growing up. Um, and I've encouraged my kids to play sports. And I guess I'm, I'm living vicariously in a way through my oldest son's sporting career. It's also very athletic, very good. And, and I think sport is really such an important tool because it really helps people connect, helps bridge a lot of gaps. But sadly, when sport um, is, is abused and when people use it for their own agendas to, to cause disharmony, to cause disunity, it's quite, it's quite sad. And I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but for any listeners out there who are unsure, um, you can just Google the, the terrible... Uh, racist comments that were all over the social media world um, after England lost in the, the Euro final and um, happened to be just happened to be the three uh, players who missed penalties happened to be black um, players. And it just was so sad to see people were blaming the color of their skin for the loss. Um, and these guys are incredibly gifted soccer players and it could happen, happen to anybody. And it was just so alarming. And um, I was I was perturbed by it to be honest. I thought it was just disgusting, and I'm glad I'm glad that many of the world leaders and and people in positions of influence spoke out about it. Um, but what I thought was interesting, and I don't know Nat if you got to see what I'm talking about, but there was a lot of discussion around the responsibility of social media giants, um, you know, the Facebooks, the Instagrams, you know, how much responsibility do they have? to stay on top of it. And I'm curious, I don't know if you know the answer to this or not, Nat, but I mean, I know they have all these sorts of algorithms and and ways to to pick up keywords, but really, I mean, is it is it somebody actually physically sitting there and reading these these posts? Like, how does it work? Any, any idea on that? I think every big tech giant or even the smaller ones out there are trying to tackle it in different ways. The yeah. perfect way to do it would be to have some sort of AI machine learning picking these things up, but oftentimes it needs to be a human taking into context of, you know, where the person is talking from on what subject it is, because in certain circumstances, um, one term might be very well used, like just the color black, but, you know, talking about a, a human person, then it has right. a different connotation. Um, you mentioned the big tech, you know, platforms like Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, you know, just one company. But uh, I, they, they've tried a, um, an oversight board, which is a, um, an entity 
that is not part of Facebook. It's funded partially, but um, has so supposedly experts in their field ac across the world that if, if something is deemed to have conflicted with the Facebook um, regulations or um, anti-racist or anti-social behavior, and, and the person posting it thinks that the human or the um, AI at the back end said, um, flagged it and removed it, they can take it, they can um, escalate it to their sort of Supreme Court, let's say, and, and get these group of um, people around the world to look at it at a very different um, point of view. But a lot of this is not very scalable. And in this day and age of, you know, needing to get the news and information out quickly, oftentimes the people writing them might not might not double check and there might be not a time for someone else to have a second look at what they're writing. And that's, and that's exactly right. I mean, that's what I was thinking. Like it's, it's so fast and there's just so many people, millions and millions of people are on these platforms. It's almost impossible to police it. I mean, you can't just, you can't just say, you know, we're just going to stamp it out, but there's two things I was thinking about. Number one is, is, the the power of words you know and the power of our responsibility to you know and even if we can't control everything even if we can't stop every racist or even you know in the jewish context anti-semitic post that goes along i think the fact that we that we say we want to do that and the fact that we say it's an issue i think that is already a positive way forward but the other thing was um and i was speaking to someone the other day i can't recall in what context it was but someone said to me an interesting comment i don't know what you think about this he said he doesn't want to stop these comments coming through because at least it exposes people for who they really are. But I'm not sure I agree with that. I'm not sure that it's, you know, he was talking in the context of like neo-Nazis and he was saying, you know, Facebook, you know, wants to stop all of these groups. But he said, you know, when, when you do allow them to post, at least, you know, from a security point of view, police can, can know, you know, if, if Nat Lockshin posts, you know, I'm a proud Jew, you know, people know that he's Jewish, you know, but, so if, if uh, you know, Mr. X posts that he's a proud neo-Nazi, at least we can keep an eye on him and there can be something that rather than him sort of sitting just quiet in his cupboard, uh, you know. So I don't know what you think. Do you think it's better to, to allow these things to be exposed or is it better to, to stop them? I think there's a few elements in there. One of the big problems that a lot of the tech giants um, are dealing with and really anyone regular trying to start up some sort of um, group is the anonymity that a lot of these message boards and social media provide. If you can just choose your own username, then you can certainly post that, you know, you're a neo-Nazi, but um, whether or not the, the, we, the police, as you mentioned, could actually focus in on that one person. And even if you could... Um, assume someone else's identity and post as themselves, upload, you know, your profile picture and stuff to the new um, social media post and, and you can defame someone by acting as them. So these, these um, social media platforms have to deal with one, the anonymity and, and being able to flag who it is um, yes. in order to then, if they do post, you can then, they can have a, mark against their name or along with their name forever in a day because they are known and if they join another um a, a media company social media to post on then it falls with them there's actually a lot of stuff going on to try and 
use the blockchain technology. So, or, and or some of the US antitrust um, legislation that's being passed through, looking at interoperability, maybe we get to the point where every person is a unique person on some sort of blockchain. And so when you sign in to a Facebook or, um, or a Reddit, whatever, it pulls you who you are from that chain. Maybe you can have, go under a different username um, or something on, or an alias there, but it's still tied to a unique person in the world. And, and then if, if something were to happen, then you can actually track back to that, to that single person. So there are some interesting things that could be done. Definitely not in the spirit of what the social media are trying to do. They want to own all the data on whoever. And they're also caught in a problem where um, those sorts of posts get focus. It gets eyeballs. And if, if your company is driven to increase the amount of engagement eyeballs on your content, then your algorithms might actually promote the wrong thing. So saying you want to expose someone and you know you should say who you are but do you actually want to emphasize that across the platform exactly i mean and, and obviously donald trump was once again in the media last week or earlier this week and exactly that point he now wants to sue the tech giants for um sort of he claims that they they took they, they got rid of his freedom of speech um it'll be interesting to see how that plays out in court if he in fact has a has a legitimate claim but I think you know going back to that original point that I was mentioning I, as you were talking it it made me think about you know I think there's two levels you know I I, I think there is a, there is there is merit to saying we don't want people to be able to hide under their under an alias or to just you know not know about them at the same time I think if people are using social media to incite violence and you have seen that you've seen people uh, you know with the latest Israel um, things that were going on in Israel, you, you saw social media was being using to rile people up and get people to actually go out there and do violent things. So I think there is a responsibility, you know, um, you know, human beings, we, of course, we're always responsible for our own actions. You know, there's a, something in the Talmud, which says, Adam mu'ad lo'alam, you know, a cow or an ox, um, also an ox, you know, if it has to do with something three times, it has to go another animal or a human being three times before it's considered a mu'ad. But as human beings, we're always responsible for our actions. So, yes, of course, we can say that, you know, you can't blame social media for people going out and doing stupid things and doing uh, violent things. But at the same time, we we can try and curb it. We can try and lower the temperature, make things a bit more peaceful and, and friendly. And I think just like that incident with a sporting um, event, everything in this world can be utilized for negativity. Everything which is good can be unfortunately ruined and marred by negativity um and i just think it, it just ruined the whole taste of the of that soccer that soccer tournament but yeah i think we have a responsibility i think as parents you and i you know in our own individual lives we've got a responsibility to make sure what our children what ourselves are being exposed to the message that we're putting out there um and so therefore i think it's you know we shouldn't just push the blame or the responsibility to the tech giants um each individual has got that responsibility so relating back to the Torah and the Talmud, you say that, you know, if you own an animal and it gores or, or injures someone, destroys property twice, you can potentially blame it on that animal. But if it happens a third time, the owner, you know, they, they knew that this is a common thing. It's not a one-off occurrence. It's, it's happened twice. Yeah, so you can, that's right. 
So you can blame after the second time. You can say, "Look, it just happened to be a coincidence. It's not a, it's not a violent ox." It's but after it's done it three times, and the owner says, "Well, I didn't know." You know, what do you mean you didn't know? This is the third occasion that your animal's gored. Now it's considered a muad. But there are some animals. I know we've we um, digressing a little bit, but just interestingly, there are some animals which the Talmud and Halakha speak about, which are always muad. So like a lion, if you know. You decide, you know, Nat, I'm gonna, you're going to get a pet lion for your home and I come visit you and you're like, yeah, this lion's tame no and he bites me, I can sue you. Yeah, I can take you to Beth Din, you know, in the Jewish context. And you say, what are you talking about? I, I, this lion's been so friendly for the last 20 years, you know. And Halakh would say, well, sorry, mate, it's a lion. <laughs> you're not going to change the nature of a lion as much as you think you do. And so for a human being, we always move. We always got to be responsible for our actions. So is a business, is a platform that they, do they have three strikes or they have one strike? You know, bringing it back to that, like if, if your platform is being used to incite violence, let's say, and you, it happens twice and you don't change anything. In fact, your, um, your platform amplifies it because people looking at it, they're either sharing it positively or negatively. That's right. Should we bring that halacha to the world stage? Well, it's an interesting question. I mean, I think that we have to look at what is what is the role of these social media platforms, these tech giants? I mean, you know, are they just creating, you know, here's a canvas, go ahead and do what you want to do? Or are they saying, you're joining our world and you've got to follow our rules? And I think they're becoming more and more the latter. You know, they are trying to control. I mean, you see Mark Zuckerberg's always talking about his platform and how it's doing things. So he does seem to be, suggesting that he's taking some type of responsibility that he wants to protect Facebook and the users of Facebook. And so therefore I think, yes, I think we could in a way apply that, that rule, but I think because it's human beings, I don't think we can just say, well, okay, give us another chance. Give us another chance. We've got to take responsibility from, from the get go. We can't just, oh, well, let's wait till we see a mass murdering uh, event and, and then we'll maybe change things. And I know they are trying, I know they are trying to, you do see constant, up, you know, media suggestions or media stories where they're trying to bring things under control. And yeah, there's lots of criticism of, you know, the uh, the hypocrisy in you know, allowing certain world leaders, allowing certain messages to be to be shared, and the blocking people just want to share a decent view or or a particular view. So it's tough, mate. I, look, I don't have the, I don't have the simple answer because it's so broad, it's so complicated, so many individuals and so many personalities. So many views, like you said, the AI is only as intelligent as it can be. You know what I mean? It's like, so I don't know how they, uh, they'll they ever really get around it. But at the same time, it's like society. You know, it's, it's just society in a digital format. You know, if you went outside your house today and you started spewing hatred, probably in the next, you know, as soon as a neighbor hears you, they'll probably call the police and you'll be stopped. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and there's definitely laws around it in Australia's free speech laws are a bit different than the US um, under different scenarios. I, I don't personally want to go and spray hate speech at the front, but a lot of people probably wouldn't do it at the front of their house, but they might do it on a social media platform because they yeah. can hide behind a user. They're not face to face with other people. Um, people feel a, a different um, sense of uh, right, right and wrong went online versus then offline. Yeah, it's really interesting that, isn't it? Like people feel so empowered to just, you know, it's interesting. That I, once, uh, some some years ago, I remember somebody sent me a really nasty comment on Facebook, you know, 
they made a really nice comment about a particular thing that the rabbinical council had done. I was the president at the time and you know, I sent the guy a message and I said, hey, can I have your number? I'd like to call you. And the guy, for some reason, sent me his number. And uh, I called him and like we had the most amazing conversation. And afterwards, I'm like, I said to him, I don't understand. You write such a disgusting, nasty thing. He's like, you know what? I, I, would, I said, would you ever say that to me in, in real life? He's like, no, never. And like he apologized, but it was just, it really shone a light on, on an interesting thing, you know, that you people just, I feel they feel brazen enough to just say whatever they want, don't care about the ramifications of what who it might be hurting, how it might be hurting another person. And again, so it, it boils down to not only the responsibility on the tech giants, but ourselves, you know, just be thoughtful as to what your comments, your the things that you're posting can have on another person, you know, and um, you don't realize how important that is. Absolutely. And bringing back to 2020, when all the Black Lives Matter things were going on in the US, there's a few um, big tech companies that said, you know, we have, we'll have absolutely no um, sort of uh, societal conversations, racial conversations. This is a place of business. We work together. And then others saying, you know, this is what the business stands behind. If you don't agree with us, then you can leave the company. We only want people of this um, ilk. And then I hear other saying, we want everyone to work. We want this to be a, a group that can work together. We all have our own views on what's going on in society. If you want to share them, don't do it in text. Either if you want to have the conversation, don't do it in a chat room, Slack room, whatever. Book a meeting, do a Zoom call, go get a coffee. Just do it in voice. As you said, the person behind the computer can say all these words, but get them on the phone and get that two-way conversation. It's a you're a different person. So we're we're losing a lot of that when it comes to social yeah, media because it's it's just and a photo a text. Hundred percent. And I think perhaps for another time you just you you gave me a thought for another conversation about being careful on social media. You know, we can talk about that, you know, posting things and one day it's going to come back to bite you, you know, for a job interview or so we can look into that. And again, um, we can tie it back into Judaism or, or other, other aspects, but I think we've come to the, um, the lot at the end of our lot of time. Um, we want to keep you engaged. We don't want you to be listening too long. Um, go out, have a job, go do something else. But, um, I think it's. I think there's a lot to to contemplate going forward, and I hope this conversation has sparked in your own mind. Um, again, your responsibility to yourself, to your kids, if you've got kids, to your family, to your work, and again, you know, ensuring that we understand that responsibility and uh, making sure we we do curb any negativity, racism, things that we see, and to be pre be prepared to speak out against it. Absolutely. And right before we wrap up, wrap up, just on what you're saying. Do you, do you think something we could do together as a podcast is we can start a chat room, let's say to, you know, it's still impersonal, but we can invite our listeners to seek comment or, or send feedback or have a conversation with either of us between our podcasts. I, I think I'll work on that this, this that would week. Be great. Introduce. That'd be really good. One other thing I was going to ask you, Matt, and now I might as well ask you on, on air, <laughs> Um, is if, if anybody out there that listens um, wants to join us um, as a guest to, to, to be with the two of us as a special guest, let us know. We'd love to host a, uh, every now and again a special guest to join the two of us. Uh, might be, you might have an interesting story you want to tell or it might be an interesting uh, scenario that's happened in your life and, um, 
and that and I can, you know, ask you questions and chat about it and bring our thoughts and perspectives to it as well. So wishing you a wonderful week. We are actually heading into uh, what's called Tisha B'Av in the Jewish calendar, the, the saddest day in the year. And so for all those who are commemorating Tisha B'Av, um, wishing you a meaningful fast and um, let's take the lessons out of that day and uh, apply it in our own lives and make sure uh, we, we live better lives. We do better. So all the best to you, Nat. Fast well and uh, till next time. Amen. And you, Rabbi. Have a good one.